Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. The Young Master Wizard by S.W.M. Mohammed. Obed came into the tall tower to find his master sitting in his chair with a book on his lap and his favorite familiar cuddled up beside him. The two visiting masters and two local hedge witches were also sitting nearby. Obed felt his heart fall when he saw them. He had hoped they were gone by now. He was still tired from having to help them with some experiments over the last two days. Additionally, he was somewhat angry about it all. Not only had they refused to tell him what they were working on, they had him doing spells and tasks that normally took a master wizard to do. Obed said, Master, the outside chores are completed for the morning. Do you wish me to assist with something or should I begin my studies once again? Master Thomas looked at him and smiled before he said, Neither Obed. It is time. You have done well but now is the time for you to go. Did you not realize what the last two days were about? Thought you not we could have done those tasks we required of you? You are on your own from this day forward, your own master. No, please, master. I'm not ready. There is so much more to learn. I can learn and still help you, I know it. Ah, yes, there is much more for you to learn and you have your entire life in which to do it. It is always thus. You have seen me with the books and my reagents. Think you that I read and mix things together, scribbling words at random for my pleasure? No, master. I know it is not thus. You know so much and I know so little. You know enough and the world needs more wizards. You have completed the entire course set out by the council for Master Wizard. You passed the most strenuous test these last two days. As required by the council, your apprenticeship is completed and you must go into the world now. It may be soon, it may be years, if ever, before you are ready for the test to become a senior master. That level comes with time, experience, and further independent study. Master Thomas closed the book he'd been leafing through and gently sent it floating toward Obed. He said, Here, young master, is my parting gift to you. This book, if studied intently, will set you well on the way to becoming a senior master. It was given me by my old master for that purpose. You are the first apprentice I've felt deserving of it. Now take it and learn in good health. Now off with you. Clean and pack your belongings before the evening meal. Eat well of the feast tonight in your honor, sleep and you may leave on the morrow at your convenience. You'll find your new master's robes on your pallet. Leave those old apprentice robes for your successor. Yes, master. Thank you. No, no longer master, but Thomas. And you are welcome. In some ways I benefited as much as did you. Now go tend to your business then return at the meal hour. That evening the cooks prepared a festive meal to celebrate young Obed's investiture as a master wizard. Senior Master Thomas was there as well as the two visiting wizards, the two hedge witches and Master Thomas's two younger apprentices. Morning found Obed struggling from his bed after the rooster crowed. His head throbbed and his mouth tasted as if something crawled into it and died in the night. His stomach rolled and roiled, 
He had a raging thirst that demanded immediate slaking. He seemed unable to drink enough water. The new wizard packed the few belongings he hadn't packed previously, dressed, and left his room for the final time carrying his small pack. On the way out the door, he picked up his wizard staff. He noticed the runes on it seemed more detailed, and its power felt stronger after the late night ceremony of his investiture. Obed staggered into the kitchen and asked Cook for something to break his fast. She harumped and said, Sit you. Master Thomas said you would be late this morn. He also left orders you be given a travel pack of food for your journey. Tis there. After he ate his meal and drank several cups of coffee Obed stood and took one last look around the kitchen. Cook was watching him and pressed her lips together when his gaze came upon her. He said, Thank you, Cook, for your kindness and the work you did preparing our meals. I shall remember you fondly. Obed strode out the door and made his way to the nearby road. He turned away from the small town, heading in the direction of the big city, days distant. Just before the tower would disappear from his sight, he stopped for one last look at his former home. With feelings of excitement and sorrow, he turned and walked into his future. The young man thought he was in good shape. After all, he'd done the majority of the heavy work for Master Thomas while he was apprenticed to him. After the first full day of walking and carrying his pack his thoughts on that subject changed. His shoulders hurt from the pack straps chafing them, his feet hurt from the long walk and his legs, his legs hurt with a pain he had never known before. Thankfully, he had the answers to those problems. He muttered a short spell, laying his hands on the painful areas as he did so and the pain became much less, almost disappearing. This day, as he walked, he kept his eyes open for herbs and edible plants he could harvest for his future use. By mid-afternoon, the weight of his pack and pouches had increased somewhat with the bounty he harvested. I in late afternoon Obed came upon a small river and decided to camp somewhat early, hoping to catch some fish for his evening meal. He dropped his pack near a fire circle left by previous travelers. He dug inside it and found a small fishing net he made years before. The stream flowed deeply near the camp. Obed walked upstream until he found a place he could wade out into it. He quickly removed his clothes and moved into the cool, almost cold, water. He moved slowly, using his magic and eyesight until he found a large fish. Quickly he threw the net, letting it settle behind and over the fish. After the weighted side had settled to the bottom he pulled, bringing the net, and now captured fish to him. When he lifted the net clear of the water he smiled with pleasure. He had the really large fish he was after, and two smaller ones as well in his net. This was enough for a large evening meal and a nice breakfast as well. He left the stream and cleaned the fish quickly. After they were clean he went back into the water and took a quick bath before returning to camp with his fish. Wood was quickly gathered and a fire started. After the fire was burnt down almost to coals Obed put the fish on a stick over it and let them cook. While they were cooking he laid out his bedroll and set some magical wards to make his camp safe for the night. The morning of the third day he didn't waken as much pain as before. He warmed his leftover fish over a small fire while he made a pot of coffee. Obed leaned back on a log and enjoyed the morning while he ate a leisurely breakfast. That day went as had the first two. Occasionally he passed a small farm and once he met another traveler. He walked through two towns even smaller than the one near Thomas's tower house. In each town he stopped seeking news of the road ahead and of possible employment point one day blended into another until... Thirteen days after leaving Master Thomas's tower Obed came upon a large village or small city. Why there might be six or eight hundred people living there. He entered, walking slowly and keeping his eyes open for danger, his ears open for news and possible work. After walking through the majority of the business district, Obed entered a tavern. 
It was moderately busy and he took a seat at an unoccupied table, his back to the wall. After ordering and receiving a tasty ale, he relaxed to listen to the conversation around him. As the night wore on Obed learned many things about the town. The city guards were on the take, somewhat lazy, and prone to bully those they thought couldn't or wouldn't fight back. The guard commander was rarely seen and the thieves' guild was flourishing. All in all, it was a typical town. After two days, Obed decided this was where he would make his home, at least for the foreseeable future. There was no wizard in residence, and none within several days' walk so business should be brisk. The criminal elements and the guard were either one powerful enough to cause serious trouble for him and the common people were friendly. That decision made, the next move was to find a place to live and work. Like most wizards, Obed had no desire to live in the tightly packed rental units in the middle of town. The small houses found on the town's outskirts were not to his liking either. He needed quiet, seclusion and tranquility for his mental well-being and study but he needed to be relatively close to town for business reasons. With those needs in mind, he went about the task of finding a place to purchase or build his home. There were few, if any, houses for sale and the empty ones just would not do so he was faced with the prospect of building his home and workspace. This was not a serious problem although it would be time-consuming. After two days of search, Obed found the perfect place for his home. There was a small limestone bluff just outside the walls of the town. It was surrounded by trees and had a grassy area between it and the town as well. After deciding this was the place for his abode, Obed began construction. He found a location with a good view of the meadow and gate into the town then cleared all the debris from the ground in his chosen building location. Obed sat in a chair he'd constructed and looked at the bluff and building site, picturing the building-slash-tower he was going to construct over the next several days. The first thing he did was use the spell, Force Knife, to cut a deep tunnel into the side of the bluff, pulling the discarded stone to the side as he did so. After that was done, he walked into the tunnel and made vertical cuts every six feet from front to back. After the vertical cuts were done, back outside he went, resuming his chair. He next made vertical cuts across the face of the bluff every three feet left to right then horizontal cuts every three feet top to bottom, leaving a top layer of limestone twenty feet thick for the ceiling. These cuts took all day and left Obed exhausted, barely able to prepare his supper and set his wards for the night. The morning after the rectangles were cut, Obed carefully used another spell to remove them from the bluff, stacking them to the side for future use. After the rectangles were moved, he had to rest for several hours then he made several more cuts in the rock, making several two-by-two-foot-by-thirty-foot-long rectangles to use as rafters for his house. This again exhausted his powers for the day and he stopped. Work continued unabated for the next nine days. By the third day of work, Obud had a constant audience as townspeople and several children watched him construct his home. When he was finished, he had a twenty-by-thirty-foot-deep cut in the cliff and had built a twelve-foot-deep-by-thirty-foot-long addition to the front of it with the rectangles cut from the bluff. This was roofed with the long rafters he cut and covered with twelve-inch-deep-by-three-foot-by-six-foot rectangular roofing shingles cut from the stone as well. After he completed the construction, he fused the entire structure together making it seamless as if everything had formed that way millennia ago. Windows and a door were cut in the stones and his house was done. He used river sand to make a clear material to install in the window holes then hardened it until it was impervious to breakage. Next, he made furniture using many of the same spells on the beautiful wood he cut from the forest and dried magically. By the time he finished his work, he could tell his magic powers had strengthened significantly from the constant use much as had his body. During the time he worked on his house, he had several small jobs he completed for townspeople as well. He used his magic to lift, move, 
harden and even repair many things. He always tried to get hard coin for his work but he would take fair trade, especially of foodstuff or items he could use in his new house. Shortly after his home was completed Obed was in town when a teamster hunted him down. One of their wagons had broken because they were loaded too heavily. The local blacksmith and wagon maker had it repaired and ready to roll. The teamster wanted to know if Obed could strengthen the wagon so it would hold greater weight. Yes, I think I can but that spell is quite expensive. It would cost you almost as much as a new wagon. I would recommend you purchase another wagon and split the load. I can't do that for several reasons. I do not have time for these yokels to build a new wagon and, even if I could find them, the oxen to pull it will cost as much as the wagon. It will be less expensive to have you strengthen the wagon if you will. I have to have three gold for the work. It will take me most of the morning as well. Three gold. That's outrageous. No, one gold and five silver. I can get a new wagon for. Oh. No, I can't pay that much. The man looked around and smiled. He continued. Girl, get over here. A well-built young lady came timidly up to him and stood, head downcast. The man reached for her, and she cringed away. He grabbed her and said, Stand still, slut. He quickly pulled her dress over her head before he said, How about a trade, sir wizard? One gold and five silver plus this little slut. Papa! Obed looked at the now-crying girl. She was covered with bruises and almost skin and bones. He said, Why would I do that? I can have any woman I desire for just a copper or two and wouldn't have to feed them. Ah, uh, yes, I suppose you could, but can you have them any time you want without waiting your turn? Will they keep your house and warm your bed all night for the copper? You do have a point, but how do I know it is a fair trade? I see many bruises from either mistreatment or from chastisement. Which is it, sir? Do you like to beat your women or is she unmanageable? Ah, uh, either. Just what are you implying, wizard? Not a thing. I was asking in order to determine the value of the item offered in trade for my labor. Oh, well, there's several reasons for the bruises. She's mostly a clumsy wench, she is. That's it. She's clumsy. He grabbed the girl's arm and shook her wildly while he asked. Aren't you, girl? Tell him how clumsy you are. The girl said, O-W-W-W-W, and tried to pull away. Tears came to her eyes and her face clouded. Finally, she almost whispered. Yes, sir, I'm clumsy. I'll work hard for you. I will. That was all Obed had to hear. He said, Okay, deal done. Now take your hands off my property and stand back so I can work on the wagon. Now go. Girl, you stay here. Obed spent a little over two hours strengthening all the parts of the wagon and fusing many of the smaller parts into a stronger hole. He seriously thought about leaving something weak so it would break after they got some distance from his town but thought better of it. He didn't want to take a chance on spoiling his reputation plus, ethically, he had taken the job, agreeing to do it properly for the pay agreed on. After the job was done Obed demanded the remainder of his pay and took it and the girl who he discovered was called Wella back to his home. Wella was very quiet and subdued from the time Obed accepted her as part of the deal until they arrived home. When they entered the building, Wella looked around, wandering from place to place while Obed watched her. Finally, he said, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with you now. Do you have any ideas? What do you mean, master? You bought me, or at least took me in trade. I suppose you will do much the same as he did. Tis my place in life. I made a rhetorical statement for what it's worth, but what do you mean by that? Why, tis simple. I must accept your advances and whatever you choose to do, or I must run and take my chances elsewhere. 
I might and probably would starve or end up in a worse situation though I cannot, in truth, picture much worse than I had it with my old master. Well, I'm still not sure what exactly you mean but rest assured, you won't be beat like you apparently were before. Now, it's well past midday and I worked up a powerful hunger strengthening that wagon. Come, we'll find something to eat then I'll show you around and find you a place to sleep. Wyla watched Obed move around his small cooking area then. After he had the food out, she pushed him aside and took over meal preparation. She said, Sit master. I can do this. During the next week, Wyla settled in and Obed began to be glad he'd allowed the teamster to make her part of the deal. His home was cleaner than it had ever been and the meals were even better than he remembered Cook making at Master Thomas's home. Wyla even took over caring for the chickens and other livestock and worked the garden in her spare time. Obed found himself spending more and more time watching her move when she was nearby. Wyla watched him watch her and smiled to herself when she saw his cock rise. She kept waiting on him to approach her and demand sex but he never did. She knew he whipped his chicken nights because she found evidence of his spend on rags from time to time and even saw and heard him some nights. He was especially noticeable when she pleasured herself. Finally, in desperation, one night after she had given herself one nice orgasm, she moved from her pallet and walked to his bed. He saw her coming and stopped rubbing himself, hoping she would think he was asleep. When Willa got closer Obed gasped. She was totally naked and he could see her readiness glistening on her cunt lips and thighs. Wyla bent and pulled the covers off him before she dropped to her knees and took his cock into her mouth. Obed groaned and involuntarily thrust upward trying to get deeper into her. She brought him to the edge several times before she stood and crawled onto the bed with him. She straddled him and guided his angry red cock into her drooling pussy. As soon as she had him notched in the opening, she dropped, driving him fully into her in one fast thrust. She screamed with pleasure and began wildly riding and thrusting back and forth as her orgasm flashed through her. Her wild movements and clenching pussy combined with his hair trigger to push Obed over the edge as well. He grabbed her hips and pulled her down tightly against him as he roughly thrust his hips upward while he pumped his seed into her grasping cunt. They moved together for another moment savoring the wonderful feelings before Wella collapsed onto Obed. She lay on his chest and gave him a gentle kiss while he gently rubbed his hands down her sides to her wonderful ass then he reversed the movement until he came back to the swell of her breasts. Either of them spoke. They lay, still joined together, while they savored the feeling of contentment their loving had generated. Wella eventually slid more than rolled to the side and they drifted off to sleep. When they awakened the next morning Obed could hardly face Willa. She, on the other hand, was perky and very cheerful. After they had taken care of their morning business, she came up to Obed and gave him a quick kiss before she said, Thank you, master. I needed you so badly last night. And thank you more for doing it without hurting me. She turned and bustled into the kitchen area where she began preparing breakfast, leaving a puzzled Obed to stare after her. Finally, he said, Ah, uh, you're welcome, but uh, well, thank you too, Willa. I have to check the animals now. He rushed out of the house, not knowing what else to say. Wyla finished preparing breakfast and Obed still hadn't returned from the barn. Finally she went in search of him and found him sitting, staring out over the little meadow. She walked up to him and put her hand on his shoulder. She said, Master, breakfast is prepared. Are you ready to eat? Is something wrong? No, I mean yes, uh, okay. Yes, I'm ready to eat and no, nothing's wrong. I was just thinking. Why did you come to me last night? I don't want to hurt you or force you to do anything you don't want to do. Master, besides it being your right to take me, I merely gave you what we both wanted and needed. I know you've been pleasuring yourself and I waited for you to come to me, but you did not. 
It is not healthy for a person to pleasure themselves time and time again, especially when they have someone who is supposed to do it for them. Since you did not come to me, I came to you. Is that so hard to understand? Ah, no, I suppose not. That night at bedtime, Wala did not even offer to go back to her lonely pallet. She followed Obed into his bed and after they were settled she immediately grabbed his cock. Soon, they were once again deeply involved with pleasuring each other. Several days after Obed and Wella became intimate, she came to him with a shopping list. They were out of many items needed to prepare their meals. She handed him the list and said, When you're in town today can you please purchase these items? I cannot make a proper meal for you without some of them. We are eating the last loaf of bread now. I am not going to town today. I'm working on a project that requires too much time to spare any going to town. If you need the items badly you can go or we'll have to wait until tomorrow when I deliver the project. Very well. I'll go but supper may be delayed. As soon as they finished their lunch, Wyla headed to town for her shopping trip. She was in the small store they used when an old man dressed in wizard's robes came in. He brushed past two town residents, knocking one of them to the side as he did so. The old wizard pushed in front of Wala and said to the storekeeper, You there, storekeeper. I have a list of items I need immediately. I will be taking over as the local wizard and want these sent to my new home immediately. Yes, sir, wizard. Do you want to pay when you order or on delivery? The wizard just looked at him, turned and began walking out of the store. The storekeeper turned back to Willa and said, Are you and Wizard Obed leaving? Why didn't you tell me about this? I knew nothing about it. The master hasn't said anything to me about a new wizard. The old wizard heard the exchange and returned to the store. He stopped beside Wella and looked her up and down with a hungry look on his face. He said, Well, you seem to be a tasty little tart. I'm going to enjoy you. Come, show me to my new abode so we can get rid of that young upstart I hear is in these parts. Wella tried to pull away and said, No. Let me go. The old wizard snarled with rage and slapped her hard enough to knock her down. He said, Enough. You will not use that tone of voice with me. Now get on your feet and take me to my new home immediately. I grow tired of waiting. Willa lay on the floor crying for a moment before slowly rising to her feet. She hung back and the wizard grabbed her arm once again and pulled her to the door saying, Come. Do not even think about fighting me or further irritating me. It will go hard on you if you do. You'll come with me peacefully to my new house or you'll suffer the consequences. The old wizard dragged Willa down the street threatening her as they went. As soon as the wizard and Wella had left the storekeeper sent his son running to wizard's keep, as the locals called Obed's home, to tell him what was happening. The young man arrived just as Wella and the wizard were coming out the town gate headed toward the keep. Obed came to the door when he heard the boy yelling for him. Between gasps the boy told him what was occurring. Obed said, Thank you son. Go inside, sit and regain your breath while I prepare to receive my guest. Obed quickly reached into his pocket and pulled three half-inch metal balls out. He held them in his hand while he recited a shield spell. When the old wizard arrived with a gasping, crying Wella, he said, Why are you pulling my wife with you? Let her go immediately. Listen, boy, the old wizard said. You get just one chance to get out of this alive. I'm taking over here one way or another. You can go peacefully, now, with what you have on you or you can suffer the consequences of defying me. Obed looked around his home and sighed before he said, Think you so? Very well, Wella, come. Wella looked shocked when he said that but tried to pull away from the old wizard. He held her a moment while he said, Not the wench. I need a housekeeper and bed warmer. 
She stays as part of the spoils. Now go. No, this is my home, my town. I suggest you rethink your actions before it is too late, Sir Wizard. You know the council does not approve of such as this. I do not want to hurt you, but if you do not move on, I'm afraid that is what I'll have to do. You impertinent puppy! So be it, yelled the old wizard. He threw a spell that should have slammed Obed into the wall of his house only to find him standing to the side out of range of the spell that he snarled his rage and threw a fireball next. Obed's shield spell prevented it from coming close to his body. Obed responded with the same spell only to see it deflected with a wave of the old wizard's hand. Unfortunately, when it was deflected, it caught some dry grass on fire. Obed knew he had to stop the fight as soon as possible, or the fire might get out of control. He reluctantly gestured toward the old wizard with the hand that contained the three metal balls and mumbled an acceleration spell as he did so, gazing at the point he wanted to hit with them. At the same time, with his other hand, he threw a spell that caused an explosion of extremely bright light. The light temporarily blinded the old wizard. He started to laugh then slumped down with a groan when the balls hit him in the chest. He was coughing up blood when Obed walked up beside him. He tried to gesture and send another spell toward Obed but Obed stepped on his hand to prevent the gesture. The old wizard whispered. What? How did you do that? Metal balls thrown very, very fast. You do not fight fair, said the old wizard. Before Obed could respond, he slumped down in death. Wyla ran to him and wrapped him in a tight embrace, crying as she did so. They were hugging and kissing when the boy came out of the house. He was wide-eyed and stared at the dead wizard for a moment before he took off running toward the town to spread the word about what a powerful wizard they had protecting them. Life settled into a nice comfortable routine after the battle with the wizard. Obed's reputation spread, eventually getting back to his old master among others. His reputation grew even more when it became known just who he had bested. It seems the old wizard he bested got a kick out of taking over younger wizards' towns, humiliating them and, if they had won, taking their women. After he milked the town of all the money he could get out of them and bedded most of the women he moved on. After this became known, the king sent a representative to him with a nice reward for eliminating the old wizard. The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.